Welcome to the N2O Talking Trends podcast. Throughout the year, I'll be discussing burning issues with my colleagues. Today, our focus is on Pride, the celebration of LGBTQ plus rights. It's an area we do a lot of work in for clients like Tesco and Superdrug. We activate for them at various parades around the UK and in-store. In this podcast, we'll be discussing how brands can support and connect in a meaningful way with the community. We have just released a white paper on this, which used a variety of research, including our own focus group. I'm Stephen Workman, Strategy Director at N2O. I'll be chatting to Emily Shahai, an Art Director here at N2O, and also a community expert. So Emily, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at N2O. Yeah, absolutely, Stephen. Thank you for having me here. As an art director, I am on the creative team at N2O. I work across all of our brands on creative concepts here. Thanks, Emily. So starting with the basics, is Pride just a big party? I mean, Pride is a celebration, yeah, uh, but it's definitely not a big party. It was born out of the gay rights movement in the United States in the 1960s, and it carries deep cultural meaning. Any company that misses that deeper meaning of pride and thinks it's just a big colorful party, risks alienating the LGBTQ audience and allies. Brands who instead educate themselves on the community's history will understand the challenges faced and learn how to progress the cause internally and outwardly. They can meaningfully stand at pride. So the LGBTQ plus community are looking for brands to be progressive. They want brands to be genuine allies. And allyship has become a real buzzword, hasn't it? In some ways, yeah. Uh, but it definitely runs deeper than than being a buzzword. Uh, allyship must be actively committing to making a change for good uh, within your enterprise every single day of the year. Being an ally is imperative as it is expected to be the default by LGBTQ people and younger generations. LGBTQ and ally consumers want brands to promote diversity and inclusion in the workplace and to take an active stance on community issues, uh, not just bring a float to Pride or post a rainbow logo. Beyond being the right thing to do, the benefits to brands are real and a way to future-proof The word ally itself means to side with or to support for mutual benefit, right? Brands speaking up will help the community, yes, but brands will see the rewards of this as well. Shoppers, particularly Gen Z and Gen Alpha, so the younger generations, are more likely to buy from brands which they perceive share their values. Yeah, I saw some stats that showed that Gen Z in particular are reasonably positive about messaging and support from brands. Uh, They tend to be, although they have a critical eye, they tend to be less cynical and can see the value. So what should brands do to support this cause outside of Pride? I would say to start internally. How companies hire new workers and treat current staff are a top priority. In recent surveys, the UK community wants brands to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. A robust diversity, equality, and inclusion hiring program, enough of one to catch PR attention beyond the organization, is important for consumers when they're looking at brands to buy from. While reports of discriminatory treatment of LGBTQ staff would discourage them from shopping with that brand again. And just from a moral standpoint, it makes sense. We are fortunate in the UK to be mostly on board with the LGB community. However, that T can still be lacking. 
one in eight transgender workers have been attacked by colleagues or customers in the last year. Attacked is a strong word. From a human perspective, if companies are not standing up for their employees, getting physically hurt or verbally abused, then what does that say about them in general? And will anyone who supports their cause actually want to work for them? This flows into external communications as well. A rapidly increasing proportion of people expect company leaders to speak out on societal issues, to have a stance on sometimes controversial matters. And this doesn't just account for LGBTQ people. Straight and cis allies' expectations of brands are increasing too. This is affecting which companies younger generations are choosing to work for. So the next generation of talent has its eyes on progressive brands as well. So building this reputation for your brand now is future-proofing. Yes, some of those uh, stats, the one in eight, uh, transgender workers being attacked by colleagues or customers is pretty shocking. Everyone deserves to work somewhere that stands up for their rights and protects them. So if you sort your own house out, have inclusive recruitment and working practices, you're good to go internally, would you say? I mean, it's a great step in the right direction, alongside taking harassment seriously. Younger consumers hold positive perceptions of brands that promote pride messaging and generally view them as respectful and supportive. But if your house isn't in order internally, they will call you out in a heartbeat. Take a look on social media and you'll see brands getting publicly ridiculed for doing a lovely rainbow campaign at Pride in progressive countries that they that they uh, market in, while sticking with business as usual in the countries where being uh, LGBTQ is still a crime. That is not allyship, it is performative, and it is perceived as a money grab. In fact, there's a term invented for it, rainbow capitalism, and this perception can do more harm than good. Brands need to instead get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you have the right intentions, you won't have a problem. Do some soul searching as a company and make sure that you are really ready to commit to the long-term change before diving in. I think the, the rainbow capitalism was a new term to me, but obviously uh, many people are familiar with uh, rainbow washing. And before that, the sort of focus on the pink pound, where it really just became a, a commercial issue for many brands. So how are companies and brands expected to act outside of Pride Month? Shoppers are suspicious of brands' pride messaging, unless that brand promotes inclusive marketing all year round. Don't just have a burst for pride. Obviously, Pride has higher visibility, which couldn't really be sustained year-round, but make sure you are inclusive uh, throughout the other months of the year as well. The community wants brands to use their Pride campaigns to educate people on LGBTQ issues. It is a great opportunity to raise awareness and then, as a brand, act on it. Out of the main points that consumers expect from brands in terms of allyship, they want brands to raise awareness on the ongoing issues faced by the community and offer ways to support them by influencing positive change within the community. And what the community wants is real change, not a seasonal product on a shelf. A rainbow product does little to help those whose livelihoods are affected by restrictive laws or uneducated opinions. We touched on it earlier when we were speaking about uh, younger shoppers. So why are they leading the way? Gen Z, as a generation, are the most diverse and visible when it comes to their sexual orientation and gender identity. They are likelier to have a less binary view of sexuality and gender. They see themselves as much more fluid, sitting anywhere on a wide spectrum of 
gay or straight, and not necessarily ascribing to rigid gender norms. Of course, all members of the community have an input here. It was an older generation that paved the way for gay rights, remembering that they started Pride in the first place, but today's younger generations have taken up the torch in bigger numbers and in their own unique, more fluid way. They're also much more visible. They are more active on social media, and therefore uh, a brand's ability to listen to the community should be and can be a priority. Brands need to adapt to reflect the progressive attitudes and behaviors of younger generations who have an ever-increasing buying power. They're not going to go anywhere. So I know you can't speak for all brands out there, but do you think generally brands are heading in the right direction? Few brands are doing a great job and are widely spoken of positively in queer communities. But I personally feel that many more brands are scrambling to catch up without having a substantial plan or a substantial approach. This is emblemized by just slapping a rainbow on whatever you can find for one month of the year. The fundamental change from being a brand which offers a product to a brand which stands for values its customers align with is indeed abrupt. And unfortunately, many brand approaches have been visibly superficial and short term, but it is not too late to start. Only around One in 10 LGBTQ people say they feel represented in advertising. No, this is a really public-facing area, and it needs addressing. It's become much more commonplace to see a white, gender-conforming, gay couple in advertising. But what about those in the community who don't fit that expected mold? What about communities of color or those who are gender-nonconforming or trans? They deserve to be seen. And the community expects them to be, as they are still the most widely and severely misunderstood and discriminated against. Brands can positively position themselves by representing these minorities in their campaigns all year round, not just at Pride. So can you give us an example of what that might be? Yeah. um, For example, if you sell a product that is traditionally gendered, ask yourself why it has to be. Is it because you are ascribing to gender stereotypes and therefore progressing gender stereotypes all without really thinking about it? Those sorts of gender roles and hard stereotypes are considered unnecessary and backwards in LGBTQ ideologies, not to mention feminist ideologies. Consider why your messaging must be rigidly gendered and consider using other genders in your marketing casting. And don't make a self-congratulatory fuss about it, just quietly launch it. Ultimately, it's about creating a lasting influence towards less rigid societal norms, which brands have the very powerful platform to do. Earlier, we spoke about rainbow products and rainbow washing. Can you elaborate on why that might be a good or bad thing for brands? Yeah, uh, brands need to be mindful of rainbow washing, as it's called, or slapping rainbows onto their campaigns or products during Pride or LGBTQ History Month. In fact, 80% of consumers do not want brands to change their packaging to rainbow colors as part of the Pride campaign. This is because it's performative. It's saying that you stand with a community so long as you can get money from them, and as it turns out, this causes resentment. For example, there have been brands whose CEOs have openly stated it is, quote, morally wrong to include LGBT families in their advertising, and then come out with a rainbow box the fun the following summer while that CEO is still in place. This has to be reconciled within organizations. If we are being genuine and doing this right, there need to be consequences in place for all ranks for making anti-LGBTQ statements. If you aren't ready for this as a company, don't take on a pride campaign as a brand. 
So unless your rainbow packaging is backed up with a substantial change or allyship we have talked about, it means nothing. But if you are using it when supported by a genuine, established, and substantiated position, which lasts year-round, then you are in a better position to engage with the Pride movement. Yeah, that stat that 80% of consumers don't want rainbow colours on products was really surprising. And it came out as the uh, lowest ranking thing that the community actually wanted brands to do. So what would be your advice for brands who are wary of doing something and getting it wrong? Yeah, so good intentions and values are key here. If your company and its members in all ranks are sincere about being inclusive in your workplace and in your marketing, supportive of the difficulties faced and consistently learning and working towards genuine allyship, then you'll always be heading in the right direction. No one is expecting brands to suddenly wave a magic wand and be the best, most perfect allies in the world overnight. It probably wouldn't be a genuine, effective effort if they did. Make small changes to work towards the greater goal. What those changes look like come down to each brand, and hopefully this white paper will give them some ideas to work with. But the best thing brands can do is to start learning. Start somewhere and keep working. And really, brands are going to make mistakes along the way and miss the mark. But being open and honest about those mistakes will strengthen their position. We all prefer those who can hold up their hands and admit when they're wrong um, over those who like to bury their heads and try to hide the problem. So like I said before, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Really nice advice. So what's the best way for brands to actually understand the queer audience? That would be the same way you should for any campaign. Get to know the people that are affected by your stance on LGBTQ matters, whether that's standing up or staying silent and doing business as usual. Understand how you affect them. You have access to so much dialogue and sentiment, which is publicly available on social media. There isn't a huge excuse for not digging into social listening. You've also presumably got LGBTQ people already working in your organization who may be willing to help. Talk to them and talk to their allies too. Because remember that straight allies will call you out just as quickly for not being inclusive. So immersing yourself in a dialogue is the only real way of understanding them and getting the most accurate portrayal of the queer community and what efforts your brand could take that would best support their cause. A really deep understanding of their attitudes, outlooks, issues, and concerns will help guide brands as to what feels right for them and support and represent the community best. Perfect. So is there one big takeout, something that the whole community is behind that we can focus on? Yeah, I would say that that is that the queer community wants to see brands listen and learn. Understand issues, culture, ideologies, and misconceptions, and how to create more positive and accurate portrayals of the community. Leading on from the earlier statistic about being underrepresented in advertising, brands and agencies need to know their audience, their shoppers, and get the language and the messaging right. Ideally, do not put a rainbow in anything before running it by an actual LGBTQ person or active ally, and take their input seriously. As with anything, education is the starting point. The more knowledge brands can arm themselves with, the better place they are to get it right and to support change for good, and to continue to stay relevant as consumer expectations for brand activism grow and evolve. 
Thanks, Emily. That's great advice for brands. And obviously they can talk to us if they want to dig a little bit deeper. So it sounds like progress is being made, but still lots to do. Hopefully our listeners now have a clear plan of action. Thanks again, Emily. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, comment or get in touch. And don't forget to check out our white paper on Pride. Thanks for listening.